Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I am excited to be here to go through this episode with you this evening. And the the question that is needing to be answered is this. Are affinity-based model churches biblical? Now, what I mean by that, affinity, a simple definition of affinity is a strong connection or relationship between people or things. So when I come to affinity-based church models, I simply mean this. You see across the church landscape, you may see a cowboy church, a biker church, an outdoorsman church, surfer church, or any kind of church where people share a like-minded interest or they share the same thought process or the same kind of uh, interest in like-mindedness, and they, they put this together and they form a church or they'll go plant a church So, for instance, if you are a cowboy or love the Western lifestyle, you may find yourself attracted, and that's a key word here, you may find yourself attracted to a cowboy church. If you like to ride motorcycles, you may find yourself attracted to a biker church. And these churches of like-minded interests get together, plant a church, and seek to get the people that are interested in the same things that they are. So the question that I hope to answer is, are these churches, are these type churches biblical? In other words, should we segregate churches and segregate people into churches based off their likes and interests? Should we segregate people into churches based off their likes and interests? And I want to know, is this a biblical concept? Can we come from the Bible and strategically and and scripturally put together something from God's Word that says, yes, we should be able to segregate people into certain camps, if you will, and allow them to go to these affinity-based churches and call them biblical? Now, should we plant these types of churches? Should we let them continue on if they aren't biblical? If we can come to a biblical conclusion that they are not a true church that God intends for his people to be a part of, should we continue to see these type churches go on or should they tear down and rebuild on the foundation of what the scriptures say? As of right now, the question is still out. Are they biblical or are they not? I recently asked the question on my personal Facebook page, and I've gotten many different answers. And I've taken many of the answers, and I've crossed out the people who replied. And um, that way you don't see who they are, and I I didn't get their permission to put it up anyway, so I'm not going to put their name associated with the comment. But I'm going to throw it up here on the screen for you, and I want you to see this. I'm going to make it... Uh, I'm going to make it bigger so you can see it here. The question was, are these type churches biblical? From a biblical perspective, are affinity-based churches biblical? So here are some of the responses. As long as the gospel is truly being preached, does the label really matter? It's a tool to reach a specific socio-group. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, if the gospel is not being preached, you're wasting their time as well as yours. I agree with that Dietrich Bonhoeffer statement. So I responded in love and kindness. That's the question. Does the label matter? Because this person says, does the label really matter if the gospel is being preached? And that is the question that we're getting at. Does this label of cowboy church and biker church, and I'm going to use those two mostly because that's what we're most familiar with here in the United States, especially in the South. But do these labels really matter? And I asked for any biblical references that might lead us to believe that it doesn't matter. And uh, the person goes on to say, it seems like something in the book of Acts. And uh, then somebody mentions like all labels like Baptist, Methodist, and Pentecostal too. Let me stop here and say this about that. I do believe that these denominations are a man-made thing, but I also believe they can be helpful as different denominations have different doctrine. And Baptist, Methodist, they differ in different areas of doctrine. So you can distinguish what the church in that denomination specifically holds to doctrinally when you look at the man-made denominations. However, We've gotten so far spread out, and, and you look at the Methodist Church, the Presbyterians, even the Baptists now, just by being a Baptist, you wouldn't know what their doctrine truly is, especially with the liberal drift, both in the Presbyterian uh, camp, the Baptist camp, and even the Methodist camp, and others that are just swinging, so you just can't take that man-made label and run with it and think that that church has the right doctrine, or at least specific to its denomination. That's why inside the Baptist denomination, you have Southern Baptist, General Baptist, Reformed Baptist, and different kinds of Baptists that will help you identify the type of doctrine and the biblical stance and theology that they adhere to. So I do think, in a, in a sense, that the man-made denominations are, are useful. However, I do believe every, every church needs a solid confession or a statement of faith declaring exactly what they believe from the scriptures. But let me keep going. I'm not talking about denominations here. I'm talking about the affinity-based model when it comes to churches. Uh, and then we have some the first scripture references we have, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. I'm going to get there here in just a minute, at, to Hebrews at least. That wasn't in my That wasn't in my notes as I was taking notes on what I exactly believe when it comes to this. Uh, but just for the sake of, of fun, let's go to Acts chapter 2. And, and and I know that some of you don't have a Bible if you're listening by audio. Thank you for joining. I know you, you may be riding down the road or working out or doing something else where you don't have your Bible handy. But if you do, and if I can remember how to get to the book of Acts, it seems like I'm going everywhere but where I need to. We'll take a look just to see what Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says. I have an idea of what it says, but let's read it together. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, just because it was a scripture reference here. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. This is the fellowship of the believers when, uh, after the 3,000 were saved, or um, and many people were changed, and you got believers here, and Pentecost has happened. Uh, how many was it at Pentecost? How many were saved? Um, uh, was it 3000 or 5,000? You would think I would know this. Um, somebody help me out in the comments. Cause I'm trying to look really quickly to see in about 3000. Okay. I was right the first time 3000. I don't know where I got 5,000. I think that came later, but 3000 souls were saved. You have a fellowship of the believers and they are devoting themselves to the apostles teaching, just like we in our churches should be devoting ourselves to the elders or the pastors teaching as they get their teaching scripturally from the word of God and they teach right 
doctrine, sound doctrine, as Titus says, as Paul says to Titus, teach what accords to sound doctrine in Timothy. He tells doctrine is a big thing when it comes to Paul. Is it well? It should be with your pastor and your elders. But here, this is just simply saying, devote yourselves to the teaching, to the apostles' teaching. This is what the early church did. Uh, but let's just keep on going. We'll get to Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five here in just a few minutes. Um, I find a hard time finding a biblical base for affinity based church. The New Testament church is consistently identified by location of believers, not a common special social hobby interest. Very good uh, thought there. Uh, Brother Allen, this is a shady character by the name of Allen Nelson. You may know him as Quattro for you that are listening. I left his name here just because I'm going to give a shout out to Brother Allen there. Uh, if you don't know Alan Nelson, you need to. It's a solid brother in the Lord, doing great things, and uh, he he refers me to some things that Alan has written in the past, and also a podcast episode. And um, there was some linkage to that, but I'm just going to show some more comments here. If a, if a regularly assembled group of believers is teaching the true gospel of the personal salvation through crucified and risen Christ is reaching out as commanded in the great commission and is promoting love, care and edification within it. And I know I don't have see more clicked here, but goes on to basically say that that is a, a church. Somebody would says, I would personally say they can be used as tools. Tools can be used properly, but also be abused. Um, a church ought not be defined by a hobby. Hobbies are great, but they are separate from the corporate worship service. Does God see tradition? No, he sees people. Somebody answered up here, no, they are not biblical. If sound doctrine is being taught and the whole Bible is being taught, then yes, it's a church. What lures a person to a certain church isn't the issue. Why they're there is. Um, no, the main reason is because the affinity becomes the primary identity instead of the Christian. I haven't seen one affinity-based church that's been even close to biblical. To me, you're putting up a dividing wall where there need not be one. I've seen a biker ministry inside a church that was done well. I have no problem with those, but to create a church based on an affinity seems problematic at best. Here's how you know it's a gathering based on false unity and professions. Drop the cowboy biker activities and commit to biblical corporate worship and see how many members don't come back. That will reveal it was not Christ that they, those who would, who would leave, were committed to, but having fun and baptizing it. Again, now we see... Churches as we know them in America aren't biblical, period. Many aren't. I would agree with that statement. Uh, there weren't any true denominations in the Bible. This seems like it was for uh, how easily churches can become labeled. I know one in a small town known as the Big Church. Yeah, we know the Big Church across town. God is a jealous God. I believe that takes some of his attention and puts it on man and lacks reverence and glory to God. That's me, though. I like this comment. God is a jealous God. I was just reading uh, the chapter in Knowing God by J.I. Packer that talks about God being a jealous God. It's a great read, by the way, if you don't know it. Uh, if you don't have it, I, I may give a copy away if somebody comments and tells me that you don't have it. I may just send it to you. I believe that takes some of his attention and puts it on man and lacks reverence and glory to God. Somebody says, very good point. Uh, I know people who I love who go to the cowboy church. They hold the cowboy label very high. Uh, somebody says it's not the name, it's the game. And then this last person said Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, but he also wrote Galatians 3, 26 through 28, which happens to be where we're going to go here in just a minute. The problem comes that after conversion, our identities and unity in the faith is in Christ and should not be exclusive based on earthly labels. Labels divide and should be avoided when possible. So there's just a few of the 
comments concerning the question I asked on Facebook. Now, as you can see, there are many thoughts about this all over the place. There are many people that mean well that say one thing and, and others that mean well that say another. And you got people that are kind of in the middle. But I want to I want to first answer this uh, first and foremost from the scriptures, from what I believe. So I'm just going to throw my belief out there. Um, but first, let me say this. I am not intending to be divisive. I don't want to be devices. I affirm church planting. I affirm preaching the gospel. I affirm people coming to Christ. And I'm also a firm believer in being biblical. So I'm just simply taking some things that we see in our culture, and I want to bring them through a biblical lens, the way I view these things. And again, these the, this is the way that I view them. If you disagree with me, we can respectfully agree to disagree, and we can sharpen one another and challenge one another uh, in a loving way if, if need be. Um, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. If you agree with me, that's fine. But my intention is to never point a finger, to never bring anybody down, to never cause divisions or be divisive or be angry or anything like that. Just simply want to bring my biblical perspective to this issue to see if they are truly biblical or not. So let's dive into what I believe about these types of churches. Here is my answer. I'm going to give you the short answer, and then I'm going to expound on the answer to make it a little longer so that we can have some context and some and some backbone to kind of hold up my statement. Are affinity-based model churches biblical? My short answer is as follows. No, I do not believe they are biblical. I do not believe churches such as cowboy churches, biker churches, etc. are biblical. Now, are they preaching the gospel inside? Yes. If so, great. Are they um, coming to the Lord's table together? I hope so. If so, great. But is this the model of church that Christ said that he would build? Is this the way that church should look? When we look across the landscape of churches, should it be this way based off of, as somebody on Facebook mentioned, interests and hobbies and the like? My short answer, no. Now I'm going to expand on this. I'm going to go, uh, let's look at some scripture and different things like that. But first, we need to understand a basic understanding of what a church is. It's an assembly of people who have been saved by grace through faith. They have been baptized and they gather together for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ and the edification of the saints. So a true church is a group of Christians, a group of people who have been saved. Now, you might stop me here and say, well, Cowboy churches may have a group of people that have been saved. Um, biker churches may have a group of people that have been saved. So is that not an assembly? Is that not a, the ecclesia? Uh, and I would say that, yes, if they are together, that is an assembly of believers, but it is not the true church that God had in mind when he pinned the scriptures through man. I don't believe that this is how a church should be made up based off of interest. So... Therefore, ultimately, the church is made up of Christians. The church is for Christians. The church is not for unbelievers. Now, that may be a strong statement. The church is not for unbelievers. Some of you may think, well, what? people get saved in church, and that's great. I'm for that. If unbelievers come into our church services, they hear the gospel, which is more reason why every church service should preach the gospel. There should be a gospel presentation, and it should go at every service because lost people can sneak in. Lost people can come in. Lost people are welcome 
in our churches, but the church is not for lost people. The church is for believers, and that's where we're going to get into this, because sadly, there are many church plants these days that are planted solely for going out and reaching the lost when churches are for those that are already believers in Christ. So churches will conform to the image of the world, not all, some. This is church plants and even churches that are already established that can change their identity. They will conform to the image of the world to reach people in the world. And that is not what we're called to do. That's also unbiblical. We're not called to entertain the goats while we starve the sheep. So a church should include these things. The public reading of Scripture. It should include prayer. It should include doctrinal singing. Our singing should reflect biblical truth. Giving as an act of worship should happen in our worship gatherings. The preached word, listening to the preached word, exhortations, admonishments. We should come to the Lord's table together as one of the sacraments and break bread together and commune together for the Lord's Supper. And we should also witness the other sacrament of baptism. These things should happen in our worship services. Nowhere in the scriptures say that we need to build the church off of like-minded people and individuals and recreational things and then do these things. This should be in every church service. We should not have to worry about fog machines, have to worry about light shows. And this is another time for another day. We shouldn't seek to entertain the lost when what we need to be doing is feeding the sheep, feeding those that are true Christians. And the truth is affinity-based churches can do these things in their worship but if they segregate themselves, again, like I mentioned earlier, based off of the shared interest of the people it makes up, I believe the church is in sin. Now, I know that is very, very heavy, and you may think that I am wrong for saying it, but I do believe that if we segregate people based off their interest and call it a church, I believe we're in sin because it does not reflect the nature of God and how He is building His church through the Son, Jesus. I know that may sound harsh, but bear with me. Bear with me here. Please, don't, don't cut me off just yet. Uh, hear me out all the way. But let's look at a few passages of Scripture now. Ultimately, when we plant cowboy or biker churches, we are essentially doing just that, segregating people intentionally. Now, I want you to hold on to that, segregating people intentionally. So I'm going to go to the book of Galatians right now. And again, if you have a copy of God's Word, feel free to go there as well. The book of Galatians, this cha- this this passage was actually mentioned today as um, it, we, we saw Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 28. Now, we need to read this. This is the Apostle Paul to the church at Galatia. He says this in Galatians 3, 26 through 20, 28. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So when we gather As the saints on the Lord's day, we should come not as cowboys, not as bikers, not as slaves, not as Jews, not as Gentiles, not as free, uh, not as uh, slaves. I think I've mentioned that already. Not as male, not as female, but we are all coming together as one in Christ. 
when we come together in these affinity-based models, we are coming as a group of bikers, or at least those who share that same interest. We are coming as a group of cowboys or Westerners or country folks who share that same interest. And we are segregating the two. So now when you look at the church, you see male, female, cowboy, biker, outdoorsman, surfers, whatever over here and whatever over here, and they're segregated out by interest. When we are all one in Christ, those that are believers, and I'm going to bring this all back around here towards the end in just a minute so you can see what I mean. And uh, that's Galatians 3, 26 through 28. Let's now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, I think, will, will also teach us a few things that are really good. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. 10 through 13 says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? This very scripture teaches that there should be no divisions in Christ's church. Now we get to thinking about our own churches. We've all seen quarreling in churches. We've seen divisions in churches. We've seen people try to get their way in churches. But when we separate and segregate out based off of interest, what we are essentially doing, and I'll tie this back around as well here in just a few minutes, we are building a wall of division. And I'm going to show you how this can play itself out in one of many ways. But we are putting up this wall of division. What if a biker wanted to come to a cowboy church? We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm sure the cowboy churches would say, let them come in. Everybody's welcome. But I, I'm going to show you and tell you here in just a second why there is already a wall of division put up in that itself. Just by labeling yourself by your interest or your likes. Now, people will tell me, Man, these cowboy churches are growing. There's one here in, in Northeast Arkansas that's pushing 300 or more people every Sunday, and that's great. But I wonder if we took away the the interest and the attraction and the the the, the buck and shoots and the the cowboy theme, and we took away all the cowboy hats and we took away all the Western music, and if we just came in with a Bible and started preaching the Bible, how many of those people would stay? And I'm, I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute too. And if you're mad at me, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you my opinion, and I'm trying to give some scriptural evidence as why I feel this way. The Bible says, is Christ divided? Absolutely not. And again, we're going to tie all this together here at the end in just a few minutes. But there should be no divisions in the church, and the church shouldn't segregate itself and create its own divisions either by coming and building these affinity-based churches. Let's look at now, let's look at uh, John 13 now. The book of John, chapter 13, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, chapter 13. We're going to look at uh, verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love 
for one of no, one another. Now that means that we don't have to love people that share our like interest. That doesn't mean we love people that are like us, the ones that are easy to love, the ones that we see in it, it, on the the motorcycle rides, or the ones that we see on the back forty out feeding cows. That we don't uh, cert- just love the ones that we're outdoorsy with. That we don't just love the ones that we have this like minded interest and, and, and attraction with. We love all people. And, and, and again, I know if you're in one of these churches, you will say, well, we do love all people. But the divisions that are put up, the separation that's happened would seem to be that you're pulling out and separating yourself and creating your little niche to where you don't want anybody else but people that think like you, walk like you, talk like you, and are like you. And I say that out of love, but I think that it's hard to love other people when all you do is surround yourself, especially on the Lord's Day, with people that think and act like you. So this is an ever-growing problem. This has been around for years, and it's been in many churches, and we've already talked about this, this division that happens in churches. And when we create these affinity-based model churches, there is this underlying sense of division. We just talked about that, especially coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. And the problem is many of these these divisions go unnoticed in these churches because they're building something and, and these things are coming together and they don't realize what's happening. There may not be division inside the walls of these type churches, but the division is happening on the outside with other brothers and sisters on the outside looking in. And this division goes unnoticed many times. Let's look now, the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 10. This was another scripture that was mentioned. I'd already written out kind of some things that I was thinking uh, when, when I was thinking through these things. So, uh, these scriptures are just kind of affirming what I was already seeking in the in the Lord. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is assembling together, not to forsake that gathering. So what about a what about the person that is the leader of these type churches? They have assembled this group of people, this this lifestyle type atmosphere, this life group of people, and they've called it a church. The Lord's Day worship happens. This is the cowboy church. This is the biker church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happens then when they don't realize the division it calls it causes on the outside? But what happens when somebody says, man, I really want to go to church. I want to gather with the saints. The closest church to me for miles is this cowboy church over here. I really want to go to this church, but I am not going to go here because that person is opposite of a cowboy lifestyle. That person may be a city slicker that knows nothing about animals. That person may even dislike the cowboy lifestyle, the person dislike Western music and country music and Southern gospel music, the person may dislike smelly barn animals, the person may dislike everything, and a matter of fact, if the person were to walk into this worship gathering, they would stick out like a sore thumb. 
because they're just the complete opposite in every way of the cowboy lifestyle or the biker lifestyle, etc. whatever the case may be. Now, you could say that you could blame it on that person for not just sucking it up and going in, in there if they really wanted to go to church, if they really wanted to not neglect the gathering of the saints, and they really wanted to go worship the Lord together with fellow believers, you could blame it on that person. But I can't blame it on that person. I blame it on the unbiblical division in the name of a church plant, in the name of interest, in the name of likes, in the name of culture. I cannot see where the affinity-based church is not putting up a dividing wall. And I would just say that. That is not what we should be doing as believers is segregating ourselves with our like-mindedness and calling it church. The affinity-based churches also tend to do one major thing. And I think somebody even mentioned this in the comments on my Facebook post as well. They tend to neglect the command that Christ has given us to go and make disciples. They create spaces for these like-minded people to come. It's an attempt to be wise. It's a it's a, a strategy to say, let's build this, this church based off these specific ideas and these interests, and let's go after these type people. So they're basically building and planting this church based off of an interest and not off the great commandment. They're not basing it off of Scripture. They're not basing it with a firm foundation. What's happening is, is they're think they're claiming that they're wise and they're trying to be wise and see how they can quote unquote reach the lost. But Romans 12, 6 says this to live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Never be wise in your own sight. First Corinthians teaches us also that the wisdom of the world, the human wisdom that we have is moronic. It's foolish. So we try to build these churches based off of interest. That is foolish because that is not what we should be building our churches off of. That is the wrong foundation. And many times these churches start with the interest and then build walls of Christ on that foundation when it's just the opposite. Right. And then we don't even when we plant churches and and our our churches now should be built on the foundation of the word of God with Christ Jesus, the cornerstone. That is what we should be building our churches off of. And then we should be building on that wall with the public reading of Scripture, sermons, giving true biblical worship services. We don't even build on the foundation of God's word and Christ as the cornerstone, shared interest and likes. We build everything from the ground up, off the Word of God. Once we start bringing our interest and likes into it, we dilute who God is, we dilute God's work in the church, and we share His glory. I really do believe that. I really believe that. So I don't think that we should be building churches based off our interest and then trying to add Christ to that. I think we should build on the Word, Christ preach Christ and Christ crucified, preach it again, preach it again, and preach it again over and over and over. And we build on the foundation of Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So if affinity-based churches are building 
based off these interests, they're trying to draw people to them instead of going out to get them. I recently, and this is what brought all this on yesterday, I heard a, a cowboy church pastor say, we try to reach people that are in the country and Western lifestyle. That's the people that we go after. And it hit me immediately is why. There is a lost and dying world. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful. And why are you picking out one small niche of people to go after? Why not go after all of those that God has commanded? Start in our cities, start beyond that, and then go to the uttermost parts of the world. Who cares if they're cowboys or in the Western lifestyle? Why not go down to the ghettos? Why not go down to the city streets? Why not go to the suburbs? Why not go to every place that you can come across as you are going every single day and preach Christ and Christ crucified and not care a lick about your interest? Because in the, at the end of the day, your interests do not matter. We are not trying to build a carnival for people to come and stay. We are trying to build a church that Christ says not even the gates of hell will prevail against. We are trying to build biblical churches as Christ is the cornerstone. We should not be building anything that attracts people. As a matter of fact, the churches should send away people because when unbelievers come in, if they're not changed by the grace of God, I believe that they should leave running because they do not like to be confronted with the scriptures. They do not like truth and they do not like the things of God because they're dead and their sins and their trespasses. A church should not be a place where people can come and feel comfortable and share like-minded interests and call it a church in the name of Christ, in the name of God, because that is not what we see biblically. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 says this, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Notice, nowhere in the scripture says, build on your interest, but on the words of of, and on, on Christ and Christ crucified. That should be the identity of the church. The identity of every single biblical church should be Christ. That should be the identity. What is that church all about? Christ and Christ crucified, giving God glory, edifying the saints. That is what every biblical church should be identified and labeled as. Not cowboy church, not biker church, not outdoorsman church, not surfer church, but Christ and Christ crucified crucified. That is what churches should be about. And I want to mention here one final thing as to why I believe the type of church that we're talking about, this affinity-based model church, is unbiblical. It's because they do not represent heaven. Churches like this do not accurately represent heaven. I'm going to share this passage of Scripture with you, and then I'm going to tell you what I mean. Revelation chapter 7 Verses nine through or nine and ten, nine through ten, whatever, says this. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, every tribe, and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hand, and crying out with a loud voice, "Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne." 
and the Lamb who was slain. Salvation belongs to God. But listen to this again. Again, this is Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. After I looked, behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, every tribe and people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb of God. So all types of people, all types of people that spoke all types of languages, if you if you were to think about this in our fleshly minds, I think that we would have to think that there was um, black people, white people, Hispanic people, old people, young people, uh, middle-aged people, um, all types of people, gray hair, white hair. I don't know what it looks like. Different people with different bodies, with different everything. If you could look across the landscape of the world right now and pick somebody from every single part of the world, they are standing in heaven. Heaven is a diverse place, and I believe that as heaven is diverse, we should be diverse as the church here on earth. I believe that as you walk into churches, we shouldn't see the black church. We shouldn't see the white church. We shouldn't see the Hispanic church, although I will give them a little grace here because not everybody speaks Spanish and not every Hispanic speaks English. So if you need a special speaking language church, that could be a ministry even within a another church. But you're not going to get to heaven and see cowboy church, biker church. Oh, well, there's all the cowboy churches here. Here's all the biker people over here. Here's all the outdoors people over here. Here's all the surfers over here. Here's all the people that like cats right here. Here's all the people that had a knitting church. Here's all the people that had a whatever church. They're not all segregated in heaven, so we should not be segregated on earth we should have all types of people. If you want to wear a cowboy hat inside your church, it's up to you whether you take it off when you're in there or whether you keep it on or whether you take it off during prayer. It's between you and God. It's a conscious issue. But if you want to come in and be a cowboy and you want to dress that and that's your lifestyle, you should be able to fit into any God-fearing biblical church in the world because we need to be a people that are diverse in our churches and not segregated. And I believe the affinity model church segregates. I believe that is sinful. And I do not believe it is what God had in mind when he said he would build his church, when Jesus said that, and the gates of hell won't even prevail. His church is diverse. Now, I'm not sneaking off down a rabbit hole of social justice. You all know how I feel about social justice. You know how, how I feel about critical race theory. But our churches should be diverse. Black, white, old, young, Hispanic, whatever. You think about it, they should be able to be all together in the churches because we are all sinners in need of the same Savior. And back to Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 28, there is, we could say it like this. I don't want to appear to be taken away or adding to the Word of God. There is neither black nor white. There is neither Hispanic nor cowboy. There is neither biker nor surfer. There is neither tall people or short people. There is neither thin people or large people. There is only one people that are in Christ Jesus and Christ alone who assemble together to worship the one true God of the Bible, not worshiping interest. And I fear that's what happens in many of these types of churches. Um, they begin to worship the things that they are doing together, like going on rides or, or having rodeos or riding horses or going surfing or whatever the case may be, it's very easy to fall in that 
type of idolatry. If it's easy enough to do it just by looking around, John Calvin says our heart's a factory of idols, and it can very well be in the church as well. We could make idols out of churches, and I don't believe that we should be segregating based on our likes and interests and calling it a church. Now, let me say this as we begin to close this episode out. If a church has a cowboy ministry, has a biker ministry, has a surfer ministry, has an interest-based ministry within the church that doesn't take away from the Lord's Day gathering, but it's something they do it on a Sunday evening, Saturday, Friday, whatever the case may be, if that ministry meets for the glory of God, then do it and do it well. But I don't think affinity-based model churches should take up the Lord's Day worship service and be called a church in that way. I want to leave you with this. I came across something. I was kind of studying this and looking over some things about this. Um, there was a job classified ad. This cowboy church from right here in central Arkansas, where I'm at, was seeking its next pastor. And I just want to read you this ad and let you hear what kind of problems we get into with these kind of churches. Blank, I'm not going to say the name of the church, Blank Cowboy Church in central Arkansas is seeking a bivocational pastor. This individual must adhere to the Western cowboy culture. If interested, please send your resume to da-da-da-da-da. This individual, this pastor of the church, our next pastor, our next man of God, must adhere to the Western and cowboy culture. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to today's church service. If you've ever been to a rodeo, I'm attempting to be the rodeo announcer there. Put a little money in his pockets. Anyway, let me let me keep going. The individual must adhere it must adhere. He must adhere to the Western and cowboy culture. This person, there's no mention of this person person being committed to biblical expositional teaching and preaching. There is no mention of meeting the qualifications for pastors found in 1 Timothy 3 and the book of Titus. There is no mention of this man being biblical, this man being uh, convicted by the Spirit, having a prayer life, um, having a track record of discipling others, being in the ministry. There is nothing of this mentioned. Simply, you must adhere to the Western and cowboy lifestyle. If that's you, we'll talk. My mind was blown when I read it. Just be a cowboy. That's it. This, too, is unbiblical, in my opinion. If I've ruffled your feathers or if I've cranked your Harley in any kind of way and you're upset with me, I am sorry. It is not my aim to cause division. It is not my aim to make anybody upset or frustrated or mad. I apologize if I have, but this is my biblical conviction when it comes to these type churches. If you would like to, and I would hope that you would, I would love to hear your comments about this. Either way, I've already seen many on Facebook. I'd love for you to drop a comment here and tell me what you think, either on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, tell me if you're angry with me, and we can talk through it. We can be brothers and sisters in Christ if if we are 
both that, and we can agree to disagree respectfully and and continue to move on for the glory of God. Uh, you can email me at doctrine matters podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, no spaces, doctrine matters podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your thoughts and your comments on this. This is a tough one. I know it is. And uh, just preached a very tough message at my church. So rolled right into a tough episode on this podcast. But I would love to hear everybody's thoughts. You now know where I stand. And uh, again, after the short answer and the long answer, I'll just give you my short answer again. Affinity-based model churches are unbiblical, in my opinion. So, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.